Look, I don't care if they cover Medusa this week. Yeah, no, no. I said they're doing Theseus. They're doing Theseus, alright? So what if the other episode is already in the can? Scrap it, forget it, throw it away, burn it, I don't care. Overdub the word Sparta with Theseus and call it gold. Just please get it done. Oh, whoa, dear listener. Snuck up on me again. Welcome to the second episode of the greatest podcast, This Side of the Big Bang. Hercules versus the podcast. I'm going to level with you. I don't actually know what this episode is about. During the production meeting last week, I was thinking about something else when the theme was picked. It happens. Might have been watching The Descent. I don't remember. But I've got a hunch. The episode isn't about the mythology behind Underground Mutant Men. So I'm just going to cross my fingers and go with my gut. The following episode is maybe about the Greek hero Theseus. And again, I have to be frank with you, dear listener. All I know about Theseus comes from seeing the movie Immortals. I have a movie on 3D Blu-rays. That does grant me some authority on the subject, as the film is probably all canon, I think. Anyways, listen to this educational clip from the Immortals promotional marketing campaign to learn about loose canon ancient Greek badass. And then tell me this doesn't sound like a podcast worth listening to. Theseus is rejected by society and in turn rejects society. He fights against all the odds. Prove me right. He's not afraid to stand up for who he is and what he believes in. Zeus has chosen him to lead his people. Yeah, yeah. Did that wet your whistle? What about this? Sorry. Uh, the... I'm not sure what that was. Let's try once more. In his daydream, a seagull sent by the god Poseidon paid Theseus a visit. Theseus. <laughs> god. Uh, whoops. <laughs> My bad. Uh, there uh, we go. This should be the right clip. Take three. I will let your people live long enough to watch you perish. That's all I ask! You're a fool to do this, Theseus. No one can ride the white bull. I rode a dolphin when I was a boy. <sighs> Alright, uh, just keep moving. Uh, Diane, can you do the music, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music, thank you. So join our mighty hosts as they cover the life and feats of one, the only, Henry Cavill lookalike Theseus, the killer of the Minotaur. Wielder of the Imperious Bow, puncher of Mickey Rourke. So, dear listeners, sit down, shut up, and learn about the demigod Theseus in another epic installment of the podcast Mythic Proportions Hercules versus the Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Hercules versus the Podcast, where timeless tales are told to weary travelers. I am James. And I'm Mike. This is the second episode of our podcast, wherein Mike explains a facet of ancient or modern mythology, and I struggle to keep up. So, as you may or may not have ascertained from our friend Mr. Alf's introduction, what are we discussing today, Mike? Excuse me. Theseus and the Minotaur! 
Oh! I was hoping that you yelling would be an ongoing thing for every episode. Labor 45, The Liar of Orpheus. <laughs> this gets sexier as time goes on. So, Mike, I know absolutely nothing about the Minotaur, other than the fact that he's a bull man, and he has a malevolent murder maze. And I certainly don't know jack shit about Theseus. But no one knows anything about Theseus. He's boring. He's like the Black Knight to Greek mythology's Avengers. Well, Black Knight reference. With his lightsaber. You know about the Minotaur, because it's pretty pop culture. I mean, he was an episode of Batman the Animated Series. That was a weird episode. Yeah, when the Riddler decided to use the Labyrinth and a robotic Minotaur to fight Batman and Robin. Because they never quite figured out what to do with the Riddler on that show. <laughs> so he just did stuff. Today he's the Lawnmower Man. But uh, you're about to find out everything there is to know about Theseus and the Minotaur. Ooh. Ooh. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to know about the Minotaur, but oh. he's pretty metal, so... Well, he does have the horns. Shall we begin? Call me Jennifer Connolly, because I'm ready to growl this labyrinth. You've been sitting on that one for a while, haven't you? I thought it up right on the spot. Uh, to, to begin our story, can you give out a good Hercules raw for me? <laughs> our story begins with not the birth of the Minotaur, because we're going back way, way back. You know, at least a good, like, 20 years or whatever. The teenage years of Greek mythology. Kinda. Zeus is just trying to figure shit out. Actually, we do start with Zeus. Uh, From our last episode, you may know we started with Zeus turning into something and fucking a woman. (laughs) Isn't that how every Zeus story begins? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, actually. Our story starts with the union between Europa and Zeus. Uh, Europa was the wife of Asterion, king of Crete. Uh, to have sex with Europa, Zeus took the form of a bull. <laughs> this story is starting to make sense. There's going to be a lot of bulls in this story, and it's not just the Minotaur. So Zeus, you know, turns into a bull. She's horny enough to fuck a bull. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it was ancient Greece, so there were slim pickings. Yeah. So uh, her husband named Asterion wasn't good enough for whatever reason. <laughs> like his name is a dick. <laughs> So, from that beautiful, beautiful thing that happens... <laughs> <laughs> that magical night in the pig pen. Three sons were born. Minos, Sarpedon, and Radamanthus. Did their dad name them? <laughs> the names got progressively more complicated and metal as they went on. <laughs> so, after a steer... And things went fairly normal for a while, despite the fact that they were the offspring of Zeus as a bull... <laughs> After Asterion died, there was some confusion about which one of the sons would end up taking over the throne of Crete. Uh, But Minos was kind of fated to become king, because back then, kings were fated to become king. It was like Harry Potter. You were the chosen one. Yeah, it just kind of happened. I like to think that they just picked him because he had the least complicated name. It was just easier to put on plaques. Nobody ever talks about poor, poor Prince Agamemnon Monoglu. The third. Esquire. From Cambridge. But anyway. So there was some difficulty in whether or not Minos would be able to fully win the throne. So he decided to prove that he was worthy of it. And that he wanted to prove that the gods were totally on his side. Like, that's why he deserved to be on king, because the gods wanted him to. So he made a sacrifice to Poseidon. And asked that a bull, once again, 
Because bulls were in bull. back then. They were like the those little toy dogs in the early 2000s. Uh, yes, if a bull could appear from the depths of the sea, and then he would kill the bull to honor the sea god. Now, the re- there's actually a reason the bull motif is coming up so much and is so prevalent in the story. Hey, the bull was a very important symbol um, to the Greeks back then. It was, it was kind of a symbol of uh, virility or male potency, just a symbol of power in general. That's why it's, it's so important in Greek myth in general. And actually, if you go to Crete, uh, temples in Crete, there are symbols of the bull everywhere. The and statues that's why, of horny Zeus, as far as the eye can see. That is why Zeus became a bull. Zeus he became a, an erect penis. <laughs> he became a bull, and there were three kids born from it. So you can kind of see where the symbol is coming from. So anyway, Minos uh, prayed to Poseidon for this, and out from the ocean rose a pure white bull. <laughs> just riding out from the waves. Possibly on a surfboard. I don't know. Could have been a 90s movie. This immediately proved to everyone who the fuck the boss was. <laughs> because Minos asked God for something, and he goddamn got it. And then he filleted that white bull beautifully, as was their custom at the time. <laughs> so, there were no more shenanigans from his brothers, and everyone knew who the fuck the throne belonged to. But just for good measure, he did exile his two brothers. <laughs> so that won't come back to bite him in the ass. Well, don't worry, They, if I remember correctly... Uh, in the afterlife, they are all three reunited and become judges of the underworld. It's <laughs> the most awkward reunion. <laughs> the ten people you meet in hell. <laughs> so, so this was awesome. He, M- Minos got the throne. He got the fucking bull. All there was left to do was he had to do as he do as he said he would do and sacrifice it to Poseidon. Small problem. He found the bull too goddamn beautiful. <laughs> like uh i think having a giant white bull that came from the ocean can only help me as king oh uh, you might remember us talking about this bull in the last episode oh i do yeah so he decided instead of sacrificing the pure white bull that came from the ocean and was created by a divine hand he would just sacrifice one of his own personal bulls <laughs> one of the lesser bulls you have those things he, he just assumed Poseidon would you know appreciate the effort he did not Poseidon was not fucking happy with what just happened. I tell you to do one thing. So Poseidon decided to do two things. One, to send madness upon the bull. (laughs) Oldest trick in the book. And two, he got a little bit help from Aphrodite for this one. He descended lust upon Queen Pasiphae, Minos' wife. He decided that the best revenge would be sending lust upon the queen for that bull Minos just found too beautiful to kill. <laughs> so, Pasiphae was un- overcome with just horniness for that bullcock. She just wanted it so badly. <laughs> just all she thought about, day and night, just looking at it, grazing, just thinking of just slotting all over her. It was Those fucking horns. That <laughs> ring around its nose. Oh. But the question arose, how would she make love to it? The same way every other Greek woman bangs an animal? No, fuck that shit. She's a queen. Exactly. It, it was mad at this point anyway, so I doubt she would be able to just, you know, wander around into a meadow and bend over. <laughs> hey, how about it? So, she sought the help of the great craftsman Daedalus. Oh, this is getting amazing. And and uh, his son Icarus, who you might know from a name, another famous story where he fucked up some wax wings his dad made. Wait, Icarus and his dad made sex toys for the queen? 
Why isn't that ever in the story? Daedalus went about constructing a hollow cow made of wood. So he, he made the hollow cow out of wood and then uh, covered it in a uh, freshly skinned cow hide and sat it on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the story of the Trojan horse just got way more complicated. So Pasiphae climbed inside the erotic contraption <laughs> and they wheeled her into a field. <laughs> and the, there's a field the, uh, the mad bull was grazing in. Eyes crossed. So, you might be wondering what happened next. (laughs) Well, nature took its course, because despite the fact it was made of wood and covered in freshly skinned hide of a cow, that mad bull found it so fucking hot. Well, the great thing is, it's like a human-sized wooden cow. So, like, he he would destroy that thing. I imagine it was actually gigantic. Like, it was actually bigger than the bull itself. Like, Daedalus didn't know what the fuck he was really doing. She just got her ass hanging out of the side. (laughs) She's being dangled from pulleys. My favorite part, well, was like, did did she have to talk Daedalus into this? Or just, (laughs) what what was the pitch for for him? Like, you want to see some fucked up shit, Daedalus? (laughs) (laughs) And that was the story of Earth's first donkey show. As it was the custom back then, because science just didn't exist, she became pregnant from the encounter. Like, her stomach just began to swell immediately and cracked the wooden cow open. My god, I feel violated now. The bull could talk. It's Greek mythology. Everything could talk, (laughs) I'm sure the fucking cow hide could talk. Oh, it's a living. So... It wasn't actually until the baby was born that Minos thought knew that anything had happened. I mean, besides the fact he was aware that his wife was fucking Ori for a bull, but <laughs> he didn't think she'd go that far. So when a fucking half-man, half-calf popped out of her vagina, Minos was kind of pissed off. Because that was a thing that could just happen. Uh, I'm questioning how painful that birth was. Yeah, I mean, did he have the horns to begin with? I would hope not. Because it was the world's first C-section. So the first maze he traversed was that vagina. <laughs> So, so Minos took his ire out on Daedalus and Icarus for helping, you know, his crazy corny wife fuck a magic bull. Because he, he decided to just, he couldn't really do anything with his wife, so he just left her alone. <laughs> and uh, she nursed uh, the child, which he named Asterion after its grandfather. <laughs> and Daedalus recorded that hot shit. <laughs> I, I wonder if it'd be awesome to find out Asterion's, uh, Asterion's, opinion of, what, of whether or not he was okay with his grandchild being, who was named after him, being half man, half bull. I, I'd be okay furry with lust. it. I'd be okay with it. That's pretty goddamn metal. Oh, my grandchild is half something. Yeah. Anyway, so Asterion was, is the Minotaur's true name, but most just called it Minotaurus, or which means bull of Minos. <laughs> so when the Minotaur was a calf, it was pretty easy for the mother to, for, you know, Pacifee to actually feed it. it. It suckled, as all babies do. Once again, breastfeeding is an important part in Greek mythology. <laughs> but as it, as it, as it grew up, it just, it just sort of became more and more monstrous. You know, it had the head of, you know, as, as described the Minotaur, 
the head and tail of a bull, body of a man. Pretty simple. All cop. Yeah. Most uh, most people think it also has you know the legs of a you know like hooves and stuff, but no, it was just the body of a man. It was kinkier than that. Yes. So being neither bull nor man, it had a hard time nourishing itself. So it took to devouring the people of Crete. Minotauros, no. I know you don't fit in now, but it gets better. The Minotaur was the world's first emo. So Minos had no fucking idea what to do with this goddamn thing. So he went to the Oracle of Delphi. This bitch again. No. I like how we both had the same thought. <laughs> and uh, going from her advice, he himself had to seek out Daedalus and his son for help. Scott! <laughs> that fucking pervert again. So he commanded they construct a massive labyrinth to contain the beast. <laughs> yeah, prison? Fuck that shit. Build a giant maze that went on for ten goddamn miles. Like, that's the only way people in ancient Greece knew how to deal with problems. You built a labyrinth, you gave someone a blood debt, or you descended things onto other things. Or all three in this case. So the, the idea with the labyrinth was it would be so intricate, escape would just be impossible. With that in mind, Daedalus, you know, constructed and designed it and built it. Yeah, you know, it, it had. It was the idea was it had winding halls, which just had no end. It just turned upon turned on itself. There were stairwells which winded up and crisscrossed with one another, seemingly going nowhere. Question: Where's Metaros when all this is going on? Eating people. It's like you're just walking back the worksite. What's going on over here? Nothing, Metaros. Just uh, oh look, a child. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so. The labyrinth was just confuse, confusing and convoluted. It was perfect. So, Nedalus uh, had built it so clever that he could barely escape the fucking thing. <laughs> he was in there for, like, weeks trying to get out when he was making his <laughs> final, like, look about. Oh, God, I painted myself into a corner, didn't I? Where are those wings when I need them? <laughs> so, so the Minotaur was promptly captured and wrangled into the labyrinth. Wait, wait, wait. After all that, they can just easily capture the Minotaur. Well, it did have a dad and a mom. Well, you're you, like going godfather with this? Like, uh, somebody has parents, they're never free. <laughs> it's like oh. the Icarus just pull a gun <laughs> on the Minotaur's dad. You get in this fucking labyrinth or the old man gets it. <laughs> clunk, 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 clunk. Oh, the poor retarded Minotaur. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking more just like, come on, Minotaur, get in the labyrinth. <laughs> There's some booba milk in here. Oh, boy. It's been so long. Clunk, 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 clunk. Minotaur. Minotaur is still searching for his mom in that fucking labyrinth. Minotaur just wants mommy. Minotaur's a sad character now that you think about it. So so he was left to uh, you know, wander the labyrinth forever. Far from the eyes and the tastiness of the outside, <laughs> Minos had successfully hidden away his wife's shame and the monster born from it. But James, this was not the end of the Minotaur story. It wasn't? Enter Theseus. King Aegeus of Athens sought out the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> God, she is like the fucking Perez Hilton of ancient Greece. <laughs> she was a busy, busy stoner. Uh, Aegeus was in need of an heir, and really wanted some advice because he was having a hard time getting one. 
he, I guess, didn't know how sex worked. Not really sure. It's like, I just keep pumping and pumping, but nothing happens. Is something supposed to come out? I make love to her beautiful armpit every night and still no airs. <laughs> I put it on her face. I don't understand. Daedalus, help me! <laughs> Daedalus. This has to construct a giant wooden penis. <laughs> like, how is this going to help me get an heir? It's going to help your wife. And I want to see something fucked up, so... The Oracle of Delphi has to get a chalkboard and explain sex to her. <laughs> what is this third hole? So, if only that happened, because the only thing the Oracle offered him was a really puzzling prophecy that made no sense. That's her. That's Greek sex ed. <laughs> I will now read this prophecy to you. <clears throat> Do not loosen the bulging mouth of the wineskin until you have reached the height of Athens. Lest you die of grief. Did she tell him to get circumcised? Possibly. As you can imagine, Gius didn't know what the fuck that meant. <laughs> so the oracle instructed him to uh, go to the city of Treason to meet with its king, who was apparently really good at figuring out weird prophecies that didn't make much sense to people. He was the original Riddler. This is what he was known as. This was like the uh, Robert Langdon or something of the Greek pantheon. So wait, wait, wait. So he has to go to a city literally called Treason. Yep. This is not going to work out well, is it? Um, it's it'll work out well for his dick. So. Oh yeah. So uh, allegedly, I'm going to say <laughs> the king of Treason immediately knew what the prophecy meant. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm suspicious over who wrote this Greek myth. <laughs> Because I, I want to say, Aegeus went to him saying, I went to the Oracle of Delphi because I needed advice on how to get an heir, and she gave me this prophecy. What do you think it meant? So the King of Treason immediately got Aegeus drunk. <laughs> As was their custom. And I know what you're thinking, but it didn't end in king-on-king -king sex. God damn it. Instead, and once again, this is why I said allegedly understood what the prophecy meant. The King of Treason immediately shoved a drunk Aegeus onto his daughter, Ithra. <laughs> Here, you deal with this, Dad. And, as all young lovers do, they consummated. God damn it, King of Treason. Beautiful, isn't it? Just beautiful. Just just one night, burst the door open, shoved a punch-drunk king onto, onto her. Here, fuck her! Just... God, King of Treason is shockingly a dick. So, as Aegeus slept off the line, Ethra had a dream. Not to confuse with the nightmare that just took place. This was a separate dream. The, the dream gave her instructions, and she, for whatever reason, woke up and followed some instructions and waded out across the water to the island of Sferia. The only place in ancient Greece where you could get a quick abortion. If only, because it was on that island she was taken again in the night, this time by Poseidon. This, Poseidon was just hanging out, trolling for pussy. This was like, it's, like, it's like swingers with Poseidon and Zeus. They'd been through a bad breakup. They were going to get him laid. This was some high-class cooch she had. That's all I'm going to say. Like, Poseidon saw that shit taking place. But fuck, I got to get on in on that. <laughs> Zeus got him drunk and threw him at her. So, um, as was the custom with science not really existing, she became pregnant both by Aegeus, king of Athens, and Poseidon, god of the sea. Pregnant by both, but with one child. Right, so he's half king, half god. Yeah. All cop. Yeah. So Aegeus, finding out she was pregnant, decided to head back to Athens. Where she was taken again. <laughs> no, he left her. <laughs> he was he was seeking an heir, but he was like, ah, I didn't actually expect you to get pregnant so fast. I wasn't ready. Uh, I wanted an heir from a better woman. 
But before uh, heading off, he took his sword, he took his shield, and he took his sandals, and he placed them beneath a great boulder. I'm going to repeat that. <laughs> he took his sword, shield, and sandals and put them under a giant rock. Which he then made love to. He told Ethra that when their son was born and came of age, if he could move the rock and retrieve the items beneath them, then he was a hero of true royal blood. Way to be fucking picky about heirs. I know, right? He was so desperate. Just fucking around for years, putting it in every crevice in his wife but the vagina <laughs> in a vain attempt for an heir. And he's like, you know what? I only want a son with super strength. It's like, just what, is he gonna... asshole. I was like, what happens if his kid lifts up the bowler? He's going to be like, oh, I really wish you had x-ray vision. I'm going to go stick my dick in this cactus now and see what happens. Oh, that didn't work. Damn you, cactus! <laughs> he swears a blood oath against him. <laughs> Goes to the Oracle of Delphi for help. So, if, if, if the kid would be able to, you know, take the items, he was to then, you know, wear them and then take them out and then seek Aegeus out to then take his place as Prince of Athens. And Aegeus fucked off after that. Good riddance. Theseus was then born and raised there in treason, with his mother and his grandfather raising him. Wow, so she was like the first uh, single mother of Greek mythology. Exactly, she was on welfare and everything. The king of treason just wanted her to meet a nice man. He just kept throwing drunk guys onto her. So, when, he, when Theseus came of age, Aethra uh, decided it was time to reveal his true father. Now, Theseus was under the impression his father was a god, which was technically also correct, but she wasn't about to get into her kinky sex habits with her son. That came later in Greek myth. Um, uh, But before she could tell him, she said she led him into a forest clearing. This isn't where you think it's going to go. Something tells me it's not going to end better. (laughs) She pointed at a giant rock and told Theseus, move the fucking rock, then I'll reveal everything. Jesus, Mom. So, you know, and so Theseus, being a Greek hero and all, lifted the stone and found the items hidden beneath it. It was then his mother revealed he was Prince of Athens and should return there to take his destiny. That sets a bad precedent for that relationship. Hey, Mom, can you teach me how to drive? After you lift this boulder. <laughs> That's how I want a parent. Just do feet-based parenting. Hey, can you give me a ride to school after you defeat Darkseid? I'll do it this afternoon. Defeat Dark Sides Omega Beams now! So Theseus was to travel uh, to Athens by road, which was much to the chagrin of his mother and grandfather, who begged him to take the sea route, because along this route were bandits of the worst sort. Theseus, come out and play! So along the highway leading to Athens from treason, there were six entrances to the underworld, each scarred by a terrible entity. Oh, God. But Theseus decides, fuck that. He's going to go in through the staff entrance. (laughs) Staring evil in the face, he made a credo. He would do unto these motherfuckers as they would unto others. And so he took his kingly sandals, and he set off for Athens. (laughs) That's his Frank Castle moment. (laughs) Theseus is dead. Call me the Sandal Man. So, as he passed through Epidaurus... He encountered Periphides, the clubman. This was his first uh, troublesome foe. Wait, he's just fighting Spider-Man villains now? Does Stiltman show up? Kind of, actually. <laughs> uh, wow, tell me more. Now, now, first of all, let's let's just face it. These were labors. 
as all fucking Greek heroes did. He had labors. He only had six. He wasn't as manly as Hercules. This is the snakes on a train version of the Hercules myth. <laughs> so Periphides was called the club man for a reason. The, the dude had a big club. Oh, I thought he ran a series of successful nightclubs in downtown Crete. He was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was like a, a casino owner. He was a dirty guy, running drugs and shit. But no, he just had a big club. One wrapped in bronze. <laughs> well, this is like the uh, Greek version of a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Yes. Now the club man plays dirty. And, uh, oh, we also had one eye like Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, the ancient bards would just throw deformities out for the fuck of it. It's like, oh, and he was also a cyclops. And his mother was the sky. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, So, if you were to guess, how did Theseus defeat this large one-eyed man with a bronze club? Uh, Through a rock at his eye? If only. Uh, Pretty much um, the following exchange happened. Wow, cool club. Thanks. That's not really bronze, though. <laughs> what did you just say? That's totally not bronze. You just made it look like it. It is too bronze. Eh, that's the oldest trick in the book. I had a cousin who did the same thing. He used it to pick up maidens. Like, hey, look at my bronze club. Isn't it cool? Nobody ever looked at it closely. No, it's fucking... Hey, here, here. Look for yourself, asshole. It, it's clearly made of bronze. Here, take it. And Perfides gave Theseus the club. Theseus then brutally murdered him with it. <laughs> Once again, our hero nobly trolls a character in Greek mythology. <laughs> uh, he also decided to keep the club for himself. That's his trophy of his first murder. <laughs> and he went on his merry way. <laughs> the corpse bleeding on the road, leaving it there to rot. Well, I guess now he knows it's really bronze. Herc, where did you come from? <laughs> Just passing through. The next murder. So the uh, second route he came across was Sinus, a.k.a. the Pine Bender. Sinus. I told you, they are just Spider-Man villains now. <laughs> he pedals Hydro. <laughs> so you might be asking yourself, why is a guy named Sinus called the Pine Bender? What does that even mean? Uh, he uses his Sinus powers to <laughs> fill the air with the scent of pine needles, which irritates people who are allergic. Yes. No. (laughs) You gotta admit, that's an amazing superpower. I'm stealing and putting in something. You see, when travelers would come across him on the road, he asked if they could help bend his pine trees for him. Wait, what? Is that a custom? I guess people were just friendly back then. Just him bending pine trees. Hey, can you give me a hand over here? Why why would a pine tree need bending? Playing horseshoes with them? Because olden times, James. (laughs) It's like, was that, that just sounds like some weird government program to keep people employed. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Sam pays me to bend pine trees in the morning, bend them back in the afternoon. It feeds my family. <laughs> oh, there's the whistle again. <laughs> so they would help him. And when they did, he would tie one wrist, one of, one of their wrists to one tree, one of their wrists to another tree, and, tell, and just back away. And let fatigue take its course. The trees would snap, and then body parts would fly in all sorts of directions. What did he seek to gain from this? I guess he just wanted to see how many people would fall for it. I don't know. <laughs> it was a social experiment. <laughs> it's like back then you could just meet travelers on the road and be like, Hey, can I kill you? <laughs> oh, I don't see why not. Oh. <laughs> so Theseus arrived. And per his decree of doing it to motherfuckers what they do to others, Theseus tied Sinus to his own pie trees. 
He is the Punisher. And ripped Sinus in half this time. Also, after doing this, he totally fucked Sinus's daughter for good measure. <laughs> I have some somehow betwixt tying all these people to trees. Sinus found time to raise a daughter. <laughs> oh, also, after Theseus fucked her, she bore a child. But we'll move on from that. <laughs> Sinus the second. Uh, his next weirdo was Circean. King Circean, I should add. Of Eleusius. King Bandit. Circean would stand on the side of the road. and <laughs> As kings do. <laughs> and challenge passerby to a wrestling match. <laughs> so it's just fucking Greek Randy Savage. Yeah. Hey, you there. You want to take on King Wrestler? Just fucking stretch. <laughs> Show off his muscles as women pass by. Can you dig it? Honestly, if you were a king, would you do anything differently? Just show up and challenge people to battles. Uh, you there, let's arm wrestle. Your king commands it. And, and he would say, if you win this match, you get to win. You get to rule over Eleusius. They never won, though. Also, he murdered them afterwards. <laughs> because why the fuck not? They were wrestling to the death. So Theseus decided to accept his challenge, his wrestling challenge. Came out to his entrance music and all that. Had a cape. He cut a promo. Sarsine <laughs> <laughs> just came out. I did it for the kids, brother. I took down the Pine Master at SummerSlam. You don't stand a chance. <laughs> oh, if only. So Theseus accepted and won, being a hero and all. He got the belt. He, and he, but, he was then immediately exploited by Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he didn't win with brute strength, unlike, you know, a relative of his by the name Hercules. The- Theseus won by technical wrestling, and so besides the fact he was now king of Eleusius, he also invented and started the sport of technical wrestling. <laughs> he actually pretty much started the sport of wrestling with this. Like, I mean, most people think people did, but creating it technical wrestling created the sport. He was the first luchador. So, um, if you turn on Monday Night Raw and watch The Shield take somebody down, you have Theseus to thank. This all happened because of Zeus and Poseidon's wild weekend. Yeah, because Zeus turned into a bull at one point. Because at some point, a woman wanted bull cock so badly. <laughs> we got wrestling. It makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> I think that's also how Randy Savage was created. <laughs> half man, half Stingin. So, um, he went on... To, oh, also he uh, murdered Circean after the match. He, he didn't have to. Because he also left the town after he became king, so mass chaos probably ensued afterwards. They tracked down Circeus to the hotel room he was hiding out in, dragged him out in his underwear, and beat him to death in the parking lot. Did William Sadler help him? Wow, what a reference. Anyway, on to his fourth challenge. Let's face it, labor. And this one was uh, of the Chromomyonian sow. Yes, a mythical pig. He defeated it with his six. <laughs> Why do you have to go dark with it? Daedalus wasn't around. <laughs> Why do I have to go dark with Greek mythology? Jesus, James, why do you keep bringing bestiality into it? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, sick bastard? Anyway, back to the Crimonian sow. <laughs> uh, the, the sow, I should say, might be the daughter, yes, of Typhon, who is metal, and that's all you need to know for right now. <laughs> metal as fuck. So... Like all heroes do with mythical creatures they come across that are magical and only once in a lifetime, he murdered it and went on his way. Because it looked at him wrong. It was too beautiful. He just wanted to break something beautiful, that's all. 
He did unto it as it did unto others, so he rolled around in its intestines <laughs> like mud. <laughs> well, we are slowly learning Theseus is insane. <laughs> Speaking of insane, at this point he came across kind of an odd dude. Not that the other dudes weren't odd, but <laughs> Siron was particularly odd. He also might have been the son of Poseidon as well. Oh god, his evil twin has entered the picture. He hung around the Cyronian rocks, named after him after this event takes place. You'll understand why in a second. Oh, I thought he just pointed to them and was like, yeah, those are my rocks. <laughs> he also this did is, that. But. This is my town, population me. <laughs> I think he also had an axe, I can't remember, but anyway. <laughs> it was a large cliff, cliff on, the, uh, on the coast, and he would rob travelers and using a... T- Using a special tub. <laughs> like a bathtub? <laughs> it was special. I don't know what is special about it. He just said it was special. <laughs> I imagine, like, all the dude had was his fucking rocks. I imagine he thought everything was special. So what do you? why do you think he had a special tub? What do you think he did with them? What do you think he made them do after he robbed them? Bathe for his amusement? That would be less weird. He made them wash his feet. <laughs> because foot baths were the most... And as they knelt down to do this fetishistic thing, he would kick them and they'd fall over the the cliff. (laughs) Where I would say, I should say, before you continue on, they were promptly eaten by a giant turtle. (laughs) Because those ancient bards knew how to put asses in seats with this story. That was the act break moment. <laughs> and there's a giant turtle. The fall wasn't enough for this dude. He had to employ a giant turtle. That fucking Morlock the Ancient One down there. <laughs> so, Theseus played, you know, Siron's sexy but cleanly game for a bit for a moment. But uh, when Siron went to kick Theseus off, Theseus turned the tables on this foe and kicked Siron himself off the cliff into the mouth of the giant turtle. And left, so. He poured gasoline on the ground in the shape of a skull and lit it aflame. <laughs> uh, sadly, I don't think he, I don't think Theseus quips, unfortunately. No, he's not hurt. So he, you know, said, that's the end of this chapter and moved on to his sixth and final foe. And this foe came in the form of a guy I'm pretty sure Hannibal Lecter helped, once helped capture. So, uh, Procrustes. The stretcher. <laughs> he had elastic powers. <laughs> Ooh. This guy was also the son of the Poseidon, I should say. Uh, but travelers would come across uh, Procrustes and ask him if he had a if they, if he had a bed for them to you know rest for the evening on their long travels down this highway. And being you know, kind of kind and obliging, he'd invite them in, cook them a nice meal. Say so he had a perfect bed for them. A special bed. A murder bed? What's so special about it, James? It's a bed of murder. If only it were so simple. He claimed it was magical and could fit <laughs> and could fit anyone's length perfectly. So it was just a really big fucking bed. No. You see, he'd take them to their room and his iron bed. <laughs> Little did they know, Procrustius had two beds. One long, one short. If the guest was short, he'd put them in the long bed and use a stretcher to make them fit. <laughs> the fuck? If the guest was tall, he'd just put them in the short bed and cut off cut off their legs until, you know, they fit perfectly. So this dude was just a serial killer. Yeah. There are serial killers in Greek mythology. Yeah. 
my god, it's like he's going up against Jigsaw now. So Theseus arrived and continued his mantra by cutting off Procrustius' legs until he fit his own bed, and then he decapitated him. Yeah, I was hoping that uh, Theseus would just sit down in one of the beds and be at perfect length. <laughs> that dude wouldn't have, have any idea what the fuck to make of that. God damn it! <laughs> I'll put one of the mints on your pillow, I guess. Oh, uh, technically by decapitating him, which Procrustius never did, so I don't know why. By decapitating him, Procrustius no longer fits the bed Theseus just made him fit, which kind of defeated the purpose of doing unto... whatever. I'm not good at this. <laughs> the important thing is that he's dead. <laughs> anyway, on my way to become king. <laughs> Theseus, you already are the king of, like, four countries. I didn't like those. So I murdered them. Anyway, his journey was now over. And he had now arrived in Athens. When he did arrive, he was hailed as a hero. He had rid the dangerous highway of all its ruffians and crazy bastards and serial killers and dudes with giant clubs who like their feet washed, but whatever. But curiously, he did not disclose that he was Aegeus' son. Not yet. Why? Well, considering Thesis's pretty blatant psychopathic tendencies he's shown us so far, do you even need to ask? Just unhinged his jaw and swallowed the entire town. <laughs> so Theseus just was like, "I'm a hero to everybody, and not at all related to anybody here." Like he did. Like I don't know if he was waiting to make a grand entrance. Who the fuck knows? Anyway, while Theseus did not reveal his parentage, Aegeus' wife Media did recognize Theseus. I've seen that motherfucker before. Pulls out an ancient scroll. Media did actually kind of help in Theseus's birth, but I won't go into that because it's confusing. There's just faces all over the city with his face etched into them. Have you seen this map? <laughs> Jesus just has Alzheimer's, has no idea. So, uh, Media had previously been married to Jason of Jason the Argonauts fame. Oh, she was his Black Widow. Yeah, she'd actually helped him, you know, secure the Golden Fleece and stuff. But when King Creon offered Jason his daughter, Jason left Me- Media on the side of the road. This did not create the best, uh, you say, disposition for Media. So he's her Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, but way worse because Media in an act of revenge killed her and Jason's children. So that's the, that's the, uh, the lady we're dealing with for this portion of the story. Yeah, that's not very well thought out. I'll get my revenge by murdering my children. Oh. Not all of them. Just the ones that look like you. <laughs> so uh, when Media realized who Theseus was, she was very concerned that this would destroy the chance of her son becoming king of Athens. So she got Aegeus' ear, telling him this strange, heroic newcomer, which the people were heralding as, you know, this big savior, was a threat to his throne, because he could parlay this into, you know, usurping him. Oh, we're getting into Game of Thrones territory now. Except everyone's incestuous. Oh, yeah. She persuaded Aegeus that the best course of action was to do the same they did to another, which we'll come back to, of who they did this to. Send Theseus to capture the Marathonian bull. This task would surely kill him, as it has many before. But, much to their surprise, Theseus returned from his task with the Marathonian bull. Yeah, she vastly underestimated Theseus's bloodlust. And this would be a pretty short story if, if a bull, you know, killed him. Once again, the bull returns. Uh, when he returned, he promptly sacrificed the bull to Athena. The Marathonian bull, it should be said, in some instances at least is the bull that Pasiphae made sweet, sweet animal love to, and is the father of the Minotaur. Oh, God. Now it's like a 70s revenge film. They killed his father. (laughs) 
Now he must escape the labyrinth and find revenge. Now, the bull became the Marathonian bull after Heracles captured it and was set free when Hera wouldn't let it be sacrificed in her honor. So Theseus and this weird fucked up series of events in Crete are just already crossing paths with one another. Wow, he finished what Hercules started. Once again, he's just the Punisher. <laughs> so Theseus does the unthinkable and defeats the Mad Bull. At this Makes point, sweet love to it. After it was dead, it was fucked up. So I'm doing unto you <laughs> what you do unto others. Ah, oh, take my seed. And then the bull became pregnant now. <laughs> <laughs> and then madness was descended on his semen. <laughs> God damn it, Zeus, you can't descend your way out of every problem. The fucked up thing is, it's it's Greek myth. That could have happened, you don't know. So Media is fucking worried, because, oh shit, <laughs> my son's fucked. So at a banquet, Aegeus, uh, at the behest of Media, had poisoned wine served to Theseus. I'm not really sure why she was like, have that crazy bull in Marathon kill him. <laughs> and they could have just poisoned him at any point, but whatever. But she, I mean, she could have just got out a gun and shot him. I mean, Greek mythology is crazy enough for time travel to be allowed. So the poison wine was served to Theseus, and they held a toast, talking about how awesome Theseus was. This to, I guess, throw off suspicion. They had murals painted of all of his famous murders. <laughs> Theseus rose the cup into the air and held it to his mouth, seconds away from taking a drink of it. <gasps> Media was just like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And Theseus, just as before he was about to take a drink, thought, oh, you know what? I want to cut my meat first. He put the cup down, threw his cape to the side, and pulled out his sword to cut his meat. Why he used a fucking sword to cut cut his goddamn meat, I don't he's, know. He's just fucking John Belushi samurai now. <laughs> oh. Now, when he did this, Aegeus recognized it as his sword. And then he looked and recognized the sandals. And then the shield. As Theseus grabbed the wine to drink, and Theseus swatted it out of his hand and recognized Theseus as his son. Oh, my God. Media went, fuck! And, a, and just snake bit again by her husband. Another husband. She decided enough was fucking enough, and she escaped. So she jumped on her golden chariot, which was driven by dragons. Wait, 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 wait. She had dragons, and her way of killing Theseus was to just go have him wrestle a bull? Well, the chariot and the dragons were given to her by her grandfather, uh, the sun god, Helios. <laughs> so maybe she just felt like, you know what, he gave them to me just for travel, not going to use them or any of my magics or anything like that. She didn't want to bring the dragons into her sordid world. <laughs> They're getting out of this clean. So she uh, fucked off and she left Athens forever. That's the end of Media's story. Like nothing else happens to her? She just disappears with her fucking dragons? No, uh, she just thought, like, well, that's fucked. Well, I mean, she does do other stuff, but for this story, she's done. We have Media's excellent adventure. With her dragons. I just like how, and suddenly there was a chariot dr driven by dragons, <laughs> and she laughs. Like, just fucking, how much of a metal exit do you need? <laughs> <laughs> she just puts on sunglasses. I'm out of this place. Yeah! So, Theseus is now the heir to the throne of Athens, and the biggest hero in the city. Just around at this point. But then, the dark times in Athens came. Because Theseus made a discovery when King Minos' ship arrived into port. See, it was, e it was years earlier when Androgeus 
King Minos' son arrived in Athens to take part in the Panantheonic Games. He was skillful and trounced the competition, including King Aegeus himself. Jealousy of this son of Crete doing so well in Athens was very strong. Nobody really liked the idea of it, especially all the other people from Athens who were competing. He was the Michael Phelps of ancient Greece. And so Aegeus set upon Androgeus the task of capturing the Marathonian bull. This was the last guy they did this to. <laughs> Androgeus did not return. He actually most likely died accidentally <laughs> trying to capture the Marathonian bull. But he tripped King, over a rock. Oh, just onto his dagger. But King Minos didn't really care either way, so he waged war with Athens, and the bloodshed was just horrible. Uh, Athens was com- at the complete mercy of Crete. It should be said, back then, Crete was a superpower. Athens was not. Crete was just the superpower in general to Greece. It- its naval fleet was unmatched. Uh, it-, it just completely lorded over mainland Greece back then, and were not well-liked, at least. Uh, actually, I got all the best seats at the meetings. It was terrible. Actually, a bit of why this... I'll, I'll get into after the story's over as to why... Um, really, the entire reason this story exists is because Crete was disliked because it was so powerful. Uh, this is their propaganda against Crete. Yeah. Because it's the ancient world, their propaganda involves hot bull on woman sex. Gotta put those asses in the seats. It's the best kind of propaganda. So uh, since they were you know, lording over Greece in general, their fleet was so amazing, Athens didn't stand a chance. Uh, and they were picking on poor little Athens in this case, so nobody liked them. Uh with full power over the city, he decided to make a deal with Aegeus. There would, be, there would be peace, but under one condition. Every seven years, seven virgin young men and seven virgin maidens were to be loaded up on a boat and head for Crete. There, they would be sent into the labyrinth to be devoured by the Minotaur. And now that Theseus has arrived, the seventh year has rolled around again, for the third occasion in this instance. This is just turning into, like, a horror movie now. Theseus was disgusted by what was going on. I mean, the people having to be, you know, loaded up and just... Anybody, any vir- seven virgins on both sides of the sex would have to be, you know, pulled from the streets and loaded up into a ship, onto King Minos's ship. Uh, and King Minos was there personally, actually. He was testing them to see if they were virgins. How many holes are down there? Two into the ship. <laughs> Anal virgins uh, also counted. But, um... There were no anal virgins in ancient Greece, man. I don't know where you've been. Uh, even before they left, the... I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to make that joke. It's too fucked up. So, uh, Theseus has to plan. He would take. He would be one of the seven male virgins to be sacrificed. He lied about his virginity. Let's just. No. You know that giant turtle? Well. Well, he learned a lot from King Treachery. He would be. He would sl- go and slay the Minotaur, ending this this madness. Then, as was his tradition, he would then feed the Minotaur to six virgins. I was about to say he would eat the Minotaur. So he told us, and he told, and he told his father right before he left. He made a decree that if he was successful, you would see the ship return, but with, with hailing a white sail. But if he failed, Aegeus would only see the black sail the Cretan ship always flew. And so Theseus was stripped of all of his weapons, and along with the other tributes, set sail for Crete. When they arrived there, Princess Ariadne, Minos' daughter, laid eyes on the sexy mofo known as Theseus. Sensing his heroism and his just, just, god, he, she just wanted his cock. I don't know how else to put it. 
And mind you, about five seconds have passed by, so... But this is the land of, you know, people fucking bulls, so... This was fascinating to her. This is the land of bull fuckery. So Ariadne was in love, and tells Theseus that if she can return to Athens with him and be his wife, she would tell him the secret to the labyrinth. How does she know the secret of the labyrinth? Well, she she goes to Daedalus for help. She would go to Daedalus and get the secret to the labyrinth from him and tell Theseus. Now she's going to charm him with her feminine wiles. Girl, I have seen shit you wouldn't <laughs> believe. You think showing me some boob is going to convince me to help you? So, well, the thing is, Theseus, at this point, had no fucking idea how he was going to kill the Minotaur. <laughs> so he accepts because, holy shit, help. And Ariadne hands him a ball of twine given to her by Daedalus. A clue, which is what a ball of twine, a ball of twine was a clue in, a, in old kind of old English telling of the story. It's where the word clue as we know it actually comes from. Oh, I was hoping that they were just going to distract the Minotaur with a ball of string. We'll get there. That night, Theseus and the other tributes entered the labyrinth to be sacrificed. But with his ball of twine in hand, he had an advantage. He simply just tied one end to the doorpost of the entrance and pushed into the maze. With some advice that Ariadne had told him that Daedalus told her. Go forwards, never down. Always left or right, and with that in mind, Theseus made it to the very heart of the labyrinth in no time, where he discovered the sleeping beast known as the Minotaur! He was just curled up in a ball in a corner, next to really crude cave drawings of what he remembers his mommy looking like. Suddenly all the fight went out of this. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm just gonna leave. He <laughs> walks backwards, start rolling up the twine again. <laughs> Let's never speak of this again. <laughs> so, how this fight goes down varies, but most likely, and unfortunately, the lamest version is true. <laughs> DC has simply strangled the Minotaur in its sleep. <laughs> I see the fucking creature from the Black Lagoon <laughs> waving his hands in front of him. Oh, some version he does pull a sword out, but he wouldn't have had fucking weapons. He would have been stripped of it, so he didn't get it. He didn't get his sword from fucking Athena or not his fucking kingly sword. I don't. No, no. Also, also, some version he does punch it to death, but let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. He strangled it in its sleep. It's sad. Hey, you don't know how long he was in that labyrinth. He could have forged a sword from his poop. Daedalus told him how to do that as well. <laughs> Daedalus just knew how to do fucked up shit. That's all he knew. Daedalus was the forge of the ancient world. He just make anything. Oh, don't insult Daedalus, man. We'll do an episode on him one day. So, so now that the Minotaur is dead, very pathetically, using his ball of twine, he led his fellow Athenians out to freedom. The monster was defeated and Minos no longer had a hold over Athens. But, to be fair, he also no longer had that Minotaur to deal with. Strangling it just never occurred to King Minos, apparently. <laughs> that was his only weakness, the neck. That's where the bull part and the human part <laughs> met, so that was his weakest point. Damn you, Minos! So, to make sure that the king couldn't follow, Theseus poked holes in all of his ships. <laughs> wow. What a bitch. 
Nice. Now he's like reaching Dennis the Menace levels of cunning. So Theseus sets sail back to Athens with his new bride Ariadne and their sister Phaedra, along with, of course, the uh, other Athenian virgins. Unfortunately, he kind of didn't feel anything for Ariadne, but he had fallen in love with Phaedra. So Theseus did the gentlemanly thing <clears throat> and left Ariadne on a beach. So here's a bottle of wine. You'll be okay. And sailed away with Phaedra. Now, before you see Theseus as a monster, not that there hasn't been enough uh, evidence that he is a monster, and there's going to be more evidence coming up, don't you worry. There might be a less dickish explanation for why he left her on a beach, which is Athena came to Theseus and told him to do this because uh, Dionysus won Ariadne for himself. But let's, Lord of pussy. But uh, let's face it, we know which, which, which version is true, don't we? Like, was it some kind of ironic punishment? Like, you know, she wanted to have sex on the sand, so he gave her her sand all <laughs> God damn it, Theseus. Just stop with the fucking credo for one fucking day. Anyway, after being a sexist psychopath, trust me, there's plenty of evidence that uh, Theseus is a sexist psychopath. So he's like any other Greek hero. Yeah. So he left uh, Ariadne on the beach to pine... By the way, either, either version of uh, it, it, whether or not Athena tells Theseus to leave her on the beach or Theseus does it on his own accord, Dionysus still takes Ariadne either way. So, I mean, it, is he good for? Do they have a rapport? This does he treat her right? Yeah, it turns out great. Turns out oh, fantastic. It's actually the best thing that could have happened. She gets all of his wine. So uh, Theseus was elated that he both killed the fucking Minotaur. And has a hot new wife, plus got to get rid of that other bitch. Unfortunately, being so fucking happy and everything, he kind of forgot something. He forgot to switch the sails. <laughs> so when the ship came over the horizon, a worried Aegeus, who had spent months going back and forth every day looking for that ship, looked out and saw black sails. Thinking his son was dead, he flung himself into the sea. No! Committing suicide. This is actually why... Have you ever heard of the Aegean Sea? Uh, That's why it's called the Aegean Sea. Because his soul haunts it now. <laughs> he is Hydro-Man. So Theseus arrived on shore, finding out his father flung himself because he fucked up. But he was also now the king of Athens. And thus ends the story of Theseus and the Minotaur! But not the end of Theseus' adventures. <laughs> he went on to have many more, but uh, there's only one I want to cover. So the rest are bullshit. So Theseus met a man eventually, kind of a pirate, but he was also a king uh, named Pyrithous. Wait, wait, was a pirate named Pyrithous? Yes. Named by George Lucas. I mean, he, I mean, he did pirate things, but most uh, there was kind of a thing where young men would go off and do pirate things. Everyone, it was hard to describe. <laughs> That's just what you did in your misspent youth in ancient Greece. You became the dread pirate Roberts for a little while. <laughs> So Pyrithous had heard great heard stories of Theseus's heroism. So he decided to steal Theseus's royal cattle. Why? I guess he just wanted to meet Theseus. I don't know. And as we established last episode, cattle was a big fucking deal back then. That was like stealing a man's balls. Yeah, if you had cattle, shit was all right. Like that was their version of gold chains back then. Oh yeah, you could have spinning cattle. <laughs> but uh, Theseus himself uh, tracked Pyrithous down. And when they confronted one another, each man was impressed. What? Why? You're nearly as much of a dick as I am. Yeah, pretty much. They shook each other's hand and took an oath of friendship. <laughs> what you did 
dude, they see us. You can just hang out with a dude. Not everything <laughs> has to be an oath. I will enjoy your company, even if it costs me my life. Lots. I don't like you doing the hurt voice for Theseus. It's unsettling. <laughs> lots and lots of shit happened between these two, each more fucked up than the last, including a great story where uh, there was a wedding between Pyrithous and Hippodamia, and there a lot of centaurs were um, went to the wedding. Fuck centaurs. And they, the centaurs got drunk. And when centaurs get drunk, they get murdery. So Theseus had to kill all of them. What? So it just becomes Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It just slaughters the wedding party. Yeah, by way of wedding crashers and by way of uh, psychopathic murder. I just like the idea of, like, did the centaurs all have bow ties? And <laughs> That centaur was the best man. I'm just imagining it as, like, I don't know, some clubhouse. <laughs> There's a bad band playing. Centaur just getting hammered. Oh, the fuck do you think you are? This is horse dick wiggling around the entire time. You looking at my horse dick? But anyway, skipping ahead. Ah, you're all right. So after, so Theseus, you know, killed all of them. Pyrethus helped too, and then made love to a sweet wife. That is. <laughs> skipping ahead, some Theseus at this point, along with his good friend Pyrethus, were how you say really good at kidnapping women. Like he was into it. This was like what they did in the weekends, for instance. Uh, Theseus at one point attempted to kidnap Hippolyta. Again? God, <laughs> Hippolyta cannot catch a break. Uh, they even have they, him and the, him, uh, Theseus and Hippolyta even had a kid. But uh, at this point in time, Theseus and Pyrithous d- pledged to marry daughters of Zeus, being the sons of uh, gods themselves. So first up, Theseus decided he wanted to marry Helen of Sparta, who would later be known by a more famous title, Helen of Troy. Oh. So the two psychos, the ultimate trophy fuck of ancient Greece. So the two psychos set out and managed to abduct Helen and carry her off. I think this is just natural born killers, Greece edition. <laughs> so Theseus left Helen with uh, his mother. Why? Well, Helen had to come of age first before he became Theseus' wife, since she was insanely underage. <laughs> Most accounts say thirteen, but some she was uh, even younger than that. They stole a baby. Yeah, some accounts she was like seven. Uh, thankfully, I know it's disturbing now. Thankfully, because it was so nice before. <laughs> thankfully, while uh, Theseus was helping Pyrithous with his kidnapping plot, uh, Helen's brothers, the heroic twins, Castor and Bollux, arrived and rescued Helen. And, in you know, had face-off happen. Uh, anyway. I love, I love that Helen has her own bulk and skull to protect her. <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady, you arrived just in time. <laughs> Uh, so while Theseus had chosen the easy target of a child, because that's Theseus, our goddamn hero of the story, Pyrithous went with something more difficult. And since he helped Theseus with his charge, he had to, in turn, help Pyrithous with his, no matter what. Pyrithous wished to wed Persephone, wife of Hades, queen of the underworld. God, the January Jones of the ancient world. <laughs> and so, despite even Theseus thinking this is a bad fucking idea, they traveled to the underworld to fetch the unknowing bride to be. They came to Hades with much gusto and douchiness, <laughs> asked for Persephone's hand in marriage. And by ask, I mean said they were going to take her hand in fucking marriage. Hades was like, ah, fucking awesome, man. And clapped, applauded them. Lit his hair aflame. You are, you guys are, I fucking, good, I, damn, you guys are the bravest motherfuckers I've ever met. 
You magnificent bastards! I salute you. So I, I'm so impressed. We should talk. We should talk more about this. Can you go sit on those rocks over there in the corner? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, Hades. I feel this. This is going way smoother. We, we don't even have to kidnap anybody. This is great. You know what, Hades? You get a bad rap being our mythology's version of Satan and all, but stand-up guy, stand-up guy. You know what? I. You know, if you just get to know me more, you know, take a seat. Like I said, take a seat on those rocks. You'll get to know me more. And I'm a great guy. I'll, I'll have uh, some some stuff brought out, you know, food, and we can talk about how you can fuck my wife. Cool, man. They sat down on the rocks. As they sat down, they decided something's weird and tried to get back up, but they couldn't. They were stuck to the rocks. The rocks even somehow molded into their flesh. Hades went. <laughs> you guys <laughs> and send upon the horrors of the furies at them for torment and that's how it pretty much went for the two of them for that for from some time like months passed just trapped in darkness with the demonic furies terrifying them in every fucking instance and never, he's just pounding his wife right in front of them <laughs> you like that and uh never able to move from their seats they were stuck and they were parched from thirst because the only thing they were given was the water of tartarus and i don't know if, i don't know if you know anything about the water of tartarus but if, if you bring the water to your lips it recedes uh and you can't consume it so they had to deal with that so Hades' whole thing was just he just cock teased people to death yeah pretty much so they were stuck in this hell for quite some time one day though a lumbering but heroic oaf came down to the underworld on a task of his own one far more noble than that of Theseus and his fuck buddy the oaf with his club and lion skin looked upon the two men and said Theseus what up it was Heracles himself who was going about his final labor, capturing the hellhound Cerberus. Yes, this is one of the many adventures I mentioned in the last episode. This was the harrowing of Herc. Coming across Theseus, he was like, what the fuck happened? Are you stuck on those? Get the fuck up. What are you doing? Come, we'll have ale. What did I tell you about those underage girls? I got jailbait for a reason. Oh, but no one listens to the old hook break kid. Oh, no, no. Don't worry, I'll get this all sorted out. So, Herc went to Persephone and uh, asked for forgiveness on behalf of old Theseus. Herc, you know, Theseus only gone along with the plot out of a sense of friendly duty. He didn't really like the idea of doing Persephone either. You know, he thought Pyrithios you know, should kidnap a child like he did. <laughs> so, Persephone went, you know what, it's been long enough. She, he, she agreed with her. So, you know, go get Theseus, Herc. Ah, thank you. You know what? You're all right, Persephone. We're going to have to share a pomegranate someday. <laughs> That's a Greek myth joke. I need to appreciate it. <laughs> so anyway, so Herc went over to Theseus and grabbed hold of him, and with his great demigod strength, pulled Theseus from the rock, unfortunately also tearing off most of Theseus's buttocks, <laughs> which stayed affixed to the rock. So... After all of that, Theseus had done to him what he had done to us. <laughs> so Herc turned his attention to Pyrithous, but as he tried to pull him free, the entire underworld shook. You see, James, the hubris of wanting to take the wife of a god for himself was too high of a crime. And even the great Hercules could not free him from his hellish tomb. So Pyrithous was left in the underworld and to his torment for all eternity. 
He's still there? Yeah. He's going through some shit. Just still just like, I just wanted to fuck her. Theseus, on the other hand, returned to his throne in Athens with much thinner legs and ass. <laughs> he had a bronze ass installed. So much later in life, uh, well, a- well after uh, turning Athens into a great superpower, which Theseus did, Theseus fell out of popularity and favor over time. Everyone's daughter was disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at his lowest point, he was actually exiled from the city. And he went for refuge at uh, the island of Skyrus, where the king there, like Medes, probably threw Theseus off a fucking cliff to his death. Why is this like some kind of weird lemony snicket? <laughs> <laughs> a punishment for Theseus? He has to incur every inhumanity he's inflicted on anyone else. I mean, you can't, the only thing that really comes to mind is fucking justice. I mean, all the shit Theseus went through, he was a psychopath. I mean, if we learned anything from this fucking story, it says Theseus was a fucking psychopath, and the Minotaur was pretty fucking metal and went out like a bitch. That's it. It's like, the, did the king walk up to him and say, hmm, I bet that ass isn't really made out of bronze. Here, I'll show you. <laughs> He ran off with it. Oh, come on. I can't sit now. I just like how going back to him fucking throwing that dude off a cliff came back to haunt him. It's very poetic. Just, that's how Theseus died. The guy who killed the Minotaur and took on the six inches of the underworld and got stuck to a rock. That's how he died. He got thrown off a cliff at old age by some dude named Lycomedes. <laughs> and uh, on a final note, though, as, as we talked about briefly earlier, the story of the Minotaur, Theseus, defeating it, all that, it's just political propaganda. That's all. As I said, Crete was not popular, and it enjoyed lording itself over mainland Greece. Uh, it, it was a fan of the bull symbolism, so that's part of the reason why the Minotaur was a thing. The propaganda was showing the Cretan people as monsters by using the Minotaur. And the reason for this, actually, there's a lot of evidence most likely Crete uh, practiced... I mean, it practiced ritual sacrifice uh, in mass, but it also practiced cannibalism. So that's where the Minotaur eating people comes from. So the story of the Minotaur was just them pretty much saying, hey, Crete, there are monsters who fucking eat people. So this was just the Greek version of the Superman slap a jap propaganda covers. <laughs> and even the labyrinth actually came from a place. Most likely it was the, uh, the palace in the capital city. It was a jab against their architecture. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, the palace was decorated with a bull, but it was also, I mean, the, the palace there had like a thousand fucking rooms and was very labyrinth-like. It was, there was no holes in it. It was just a series of small rooms. So to, main, to people in mainland Greece, it, that was a labyrinth. And then they were sacrificing people there and eating them. Like people, like tombs have been uncovered of uh, the bones of children who had been slaughtered and eaten. So when you put those two things together, it makes sense that, you know, people are saying around Athens is coming up with a story. So it just fuels my theory that the sum total of Greek mythology is just one elaborate joke that historians didn't get. Except Hercules, that really happened. Yeah, that's how the modern world was founded. And, uh, and speaking of the labyrinth again, this is actually pretty cool. There is a giant maze on Crete. <laughs> they did find a giant maze on Crete. It's actually under Crete. And it just sort of winds on for miles upon miles with no real purpose to it. And the funny thing is, to traverse it, you actually do have to use a line of rope to find your way back out. Wow. Because it's so disorienting. Many people, you can actually go there, and a lot of tourists go there 
and uh, it's it's kind of a thing. If you can make it to the middle, you sign your name. <laughs> like you, if you, I, I recommend looking this stuff up because it's just names everywhere in the middle of this place. Some chiseled into rock, probably dating back for a long time. It'd be pretty fucking cool to do. I've actually wanted to do it for a while. God, could you imagine having sex in the middle of the labyrinth? It's like, yeah, this is where the Minotaur was strangled to death, really lamely. <laughs> so, with all that, that, James, was the story of both the Minotaur and Theseus. Peace be on their souls forever. And it, uh, you know, had some meaning behind it, so there you go. I feel like I learned something today. Yeah, don't fucking fuck with Theseus because he will murder you in some way that you've done something else. Also, ancient Greek broads were kinky beyond words. Really, every Greek myth gets that point across. It's like, I don't even know if these were jokes. I think Greek <laughs> mythology was just an elaborate porn. And Daedalus was the director. The man who crafted the world's first dildo. Then after it horribly splintered the Minotaur's mother, Icarus created the first steel dildo. <laughs> what do you think he made those wings for his son so he'd go fuck a goose? <laughs> no, it was part of a commission. There was some Greek queen who wanted to have sex with an angel. Oh, now's my time to shine. And Zeus got, hmm, angel, I'll turn into one of those. Oh, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> then Zeus realized he'd just fucked a teenaged boy, so he drowned him. <laughs> oh, he, he flew towards the sun and the wings melted. I saw the whole thing. It was terrible. That's how it happens. Zeus is talking as like a armadillo. That's like, God damn it, Zeus. And then Theseus burned Daedalus alive for burning his son alive. <laughs> Seriously, Theseus was crazy. That's what was going on there. Theseus was crazy. And also the Punisher. He was crazy, so it makes sense. Like, uh, Theseus should have had war journals. <laughs> Incredible. Theseus journal. Greed is one giant cutter. <laughs> Whenever it fills with blood, all the whores and politicians will drown. Oh, its princess will look up and shout, fuck me. And I'll say, where's your sister? <laughs> and on that note, today's tale is told, but another lies beyond the horizon. 